Guys, what's going on? This is Caleb Castile. Today we are here with a incredible, incredible, special, special episode. We got two amazing guests, my two superheroes here, my parents, Gene and Jeremiah Castile. Um, I'm so excited to get into this uh, this episode with with you guys. Um, I think this is something that I've been excited about for a long time. And um, yeah, welcome, mom and dad. Well, we're happy to be here. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, as I was talking to them, kind of off camera, was letting them know, you know, uh, first season of the show, and you know, I think that the best conversations that I've been a part of, uh, whether outside of our home or in our home, have always been very authentic, very organic, very transparent. So today we're just going to have a conversation, you know, and the focus today is more so about who are the Castiles. You know, I think that a lot of people, um, I would say, fortunately, know our family um, down around the south. This is for a new audience of people. Right. So for the people who don't know, you know, the Castile name, uh, mom and dad, um, you know, that's kind of the conversation today is to, you know, dive into, you know, our family, the foundation of our family, um, the foundation of our faith and what God is, has allowed, you know, you two amazing uh, individuals to, to build. So, yeah, I'll start with you, Dad. So if you want to jump into that with that question in mind of who are the Castiles? Well, I, as you were saying that, I thought about, first thing came to my mind was uh, my parents, Mary and Joseph. Um, I'm, you know, growing up from Columbus, Georgia originally, and my dad was a World War II vet, uh, Joseph Castile. I think it's neat that a Joseph and a Mary had a Jeremiah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's just kind of prophetic uh, from the from the get-go, Mary and Joseph and uh I um, I would say I come from strong people, mm. so the when you say Castile, I, the thing that comes to my mind is strength, mm. strong people, and um, not big people, but strong people, <laughs> tough people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dad was the hardest working person I've ever known, mm. and he instilled that in me. And uh, when I was a boy, you know, my dad would take me to work with him. He worked three jobs. Mm-hmm. Joseph Castile worked three jobs uh, as long as i known him. And mm-hmm. the night job, I would go with him when I was 12, 13, 14 uh, years old, and we walked. To my the dad, job? To the job. My dad Jeez. never owned a vehicle. Wow. So night. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> Rain, sleep. Snow doesn't matter. And we would work all night in a restaurant in Columbus, Georgia. We would clean it. It was a three-story restaurant called the Getcha's House. How old were you? Uh, 11, 12, 13, 14 years of age. And what, what, was, what type of stuff were you doing in the restaurant? Bussing tables, cleaning. <laughs> you know, we have to break, uh, clean the tables, bust them down. Uh, he'd take the dishes to the dishwasher, yeah. but you had three three floors of on that restaurant, and so we'd have to clean all three floors. And how long would that take? All night. So you were 11 years old, working all night, and then getting up and going to school? Work that I would go on the weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't go during the week. During the week, I, okay. Yeah, and then I would walk back home. Probably about a five-mile, six-mile round trip. At 11. 11, 12. Golly. Yeah. Man, well, yeah, that, 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 that makes sense as to, I mean, kind of who you are, the foundation of who you are, talking about just strong people, being an 11-year-old, being handed that type of responsibility, obviously, going and I imagine you know Grandpa Joseph was was he hard to work for what was he like in those settings 
Well, <laughs> he was all business. So he would give me a responsibility. Yeah. Say a certain section of the restaurant, he tell you what to do. It better be done when he come back. <laughs> Check on mm. it. Mm. Um, what did what did that start teaching you at that age as a as a young boy? A couple of things. One, it taught me it taught responsibility. It taught uh, me that hey, if my dad said something, hey, you better get it done. And it taught me discipline mm. and focus. You got a job to do. You got to focus on it. You know, at eleven, you you, you can kind of be yeah, your brain uh, just yeah, <laughs> everywhere like a squirrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, hey, when he would say, "I want this section cleaned," mm-hmm. it might take two hours, wow. three hours. Mm-hmm. We would work literally from ten till about five in the morning, <sighs> and then he would go to his day job, and I would walk back home. Golly, on a Saturday. Yes. Sheesh. Man. Preparation for them hard practices Coach Brian threw at him. Right, yeah. Ex- That's ex- why when he got to Tuscaloosa, that wasn't nothing. Yeah. yeah. I tell people when I got to Tuscaloosa, I was I was only 18, but I was an 18-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Like, Mom, did you have any sort of, um, you know, what was it like for you as a young girl growing up in <laughs> not, Phoenix City? Not that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you know I grew up in the projects. I grew up in the. Projects. Explain for the people that don't know what the jacks government are. Housing. Gov- government, government housing. Government housing is what that was <laughs> in the projects of uh, in Phoenix City. Frederick um, Douglass. Frederick Douglass. Yeah, yeah. Jeremiah like to say he came through on that white horse. You know, um, I was raised by my mom. There were seven of us: my mom and my grandmother. And my big dad, we call him Big Mama, Big Dad. Yeah. And um, that's why my grandchildren call me Honey, not Big Mama. Right. <laughs> all that. That's right. But, we um, call her Honey. She's the best. <laughs> and so um, they instilled in us um, cleanliness and, wow. and godliness. You know, when, on mm. on the weekends, we had to take our clothes to the laundromat. We didn't have any wash machine and, and dryers in the house. We did. Well, we did have this old washing machine which you would know and nothing about you have to ring the clothes through the ringer and then we in the summer we hang them out online oh, okay and in the winter we walk pull a wagon to the laundromat and uh no this was not the 1800s <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say mom we should probably date this <laughs> no this was not the 1800s it was the 70s and the 80s but wow. we um walked them down to the laundromat and on, on the weekend, there were five girls, and um, my mother worked all the time, so the responsibility of the uh, house was us girls and mm. my grandmother and um, my granddaddy. They took good care of us, but, yeah, hard work. Bro, we cleaned that project. It was clean. You could mm. eat off the floors in that project we lived in. That's right. That's the way my mother and my grandmother raised us to be. So when um, Jeremiah raised me, and plus I had, a, you know, so I was the youngest of seven. Yeah. And I had sisters who were pregnant as teenagers. Mm. And so I helped raise a lot of the, my nieces and nephews. Yeah. So when Jeremiah married me, I was ready to be married. I knew how to raise kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Six of them wasn't no, I mean. Wasn't was nothing. A lot, but. Yeah, but I mean, that that speaks to, you know, well, well how, what are your earliest memories as far as like what, what you were talking about with like, you know, the laundry on the weekends and things like that? Um, what do you think? Easily. Six, seven. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. School age, when you could walk and, and hold a broom, bro, you were doing some cleaning. Doing Just like you all in third yeah. grade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> starting that laundry. And I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah. Cleaning floors. And yeah. Cho- yeah, y'all, you all did not escape chores. No, I feel like now I know why you had six kids. <laughs> <laughs> get all oh, yeah, yeah good we all, all of that oh, work you was doing girl yeah exactly <laughs> all of this stuff getting done around the house yeah we had Absolutely. growing up you know we we had our share of the work around the house those Absolutely. man let me tell y'all <laughs> we had everybody every all six of us at some point growing up uh well pretty much as we were all in the house 
uh, we had a, a week of dishes. You had That's to right. do the dishes after dinner for a week. And we had a dishwasher, mind And you. we had a dishwasher, mind you. That was for yeah. a special occasion. Yeah, spe- yeah. <laughs> That's what used to get me. Yeah, you got dishes this week. You can't use the dishwasher. What? You, what, what? What's the dishwasher for? Sundays? Discipline, child. Teaching you some. Yeah, yeah. But let me tell you this, though. You know, the... Uh, you guys would, you know, often travel during the week and come home, you know, after dinner, whatever. Man, if they came home and those dishes weren't done. Oh, it wasn't nothing nice. It wasn't nothing nice. <laughs> we, yeah, matter of fact, yeah, go to sleep and them come home and them dishes weren't done. There's plenty of times dad will wake, wake somebody up out to bed, get down there and do them dishes. And no matter what time it was. No. Yeah. That's how you raised kids back in the day. But that, but, but what, what you guys are talking about, like, since we're, you know, on this topic of like the foundation of our family, like I think about, you know, very early on, obviously, you know, you guys were able to create a household where, you know, we didn't grow up anything close to like how you guys grew up. I mean, you mom talking about, you know, growing up in the projects, dad, you growing up in that that government condemned shotgun. Just give them a rundown of the house that you grew up in. Just real quick. You can imagine a shotgun house. And tell them what that is. You can uh, see. You see from the front door to the back. Through the back. Just blast a shotgun through yeah, the front door to go out the back. back door with a uh, press board for walls. Wow. Sheesh. So that's what the walls were made out of was press board if you. Uh, like cardboard, Car- <laughs> it's really cardboard walls, and so it was. Uh, the, what that felt like in the winter, cold. <laughs> Whatever the weather was outside, that's what it was like in the house. That's what the thermostat yeah. was. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know. I didn't know of uh, central heating and air until I got to college. Wow. So, and uh, the house we lived in was condemned. The it had a. Russell County condemnation sticker on it said not Damn. not habitable for human habit not for human habitation it mm. wasn't it wasn't so when I would come home from school they that uh, yellow condemnation sticker would be on the side of the house front door how much of that just drove you you know growing up in a place like that what did that do for your attitude your spirit it is, I, I like to tell people it's what really uh, put a fire in me. I believe God used all of that. And so when people have difficult circumstances, I say, you need to let that motivate you. You need to let that drive you. And so many people have done that, that went on to accomplish things, grew up in adverse situations. So, and what I learned, I, I looked at what I had. I didn't worry about what I didn't have. Mm. So that's what I learned to do. What do I have? What did you have? Well, I had a dream. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's what I I had yeah. a dream. Yeah. Like she said, what did I, like I, I my high school was probably five miles from my house when yeah. I was in uh, going into high school. We didn't have a car, so what did I have? I had my I had these two legs, so I'd run. I go to doing two a day practice. I ran to practice. Man, run back home after the second practice. Running two practice, <laughs> two a days now. Yeah. So that means you would get up, you would run to practice, and then you would stay at the school. Stay at the school all day. All day. Do the second practice. Practice again. And then run home. Man, listen. <laughs> Man, listen. Yeah. Golly. So when I got to the University of Alabama, I could run. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. That's, That's what they look for guys. Yeah. Coach Brown look for guys who can they run. They can run, yeah, coach. I've been so, doing that yeah. to so, and fro. So my yeah. circumstances call for that. Me not knowing X number of years mm-hmm. later, hey, that's what the wow. coach was looking for. So I actually ended up coming in Alabama and playing as a freshman because I wow. could run. Wow. <laughs> look at that. Embrace that hard work down there. We talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't frighten him. A lot of players didn't make it through. But um, Jeremiah was like, oh, yeah, this is what we do. Hard. Well, uh, Dad, remember you were telling me, what What did your teammates call you in high school? 
what, oh no, you would say, uh, look at these hands. Yeah, what was I called them working man hands. Working man hands. <laughs> man, look at these hands. These working man hands. I got that from my dad. Yeah. He said, son, look at my hands. They're working man hands. Working and man hands. He was hands. proud of that. Mm. That he he worked with his hands. And uh I took that same attitude into football. Mm. And um when I, I and so Really, and I look back at it, my my dad was just really training me to be a leader. Wow. So I learned to lead at an early age. So when I met your mom out at 17, I was a leader. I said, hey, yeah. this is the way I'm going with wow. my life. And, hey, uh, you want to come along? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was a leader. My dad taught me how to lead. How much of that did you recognize in him when you guys met? Well, I think that it was more of me recognizing that he was going somewhere. Because mm. Jer- Jeremiah was so serious, Caleb, when I met him. He was so serious. Like, I was going into ninth grade, and he was going to be a senior. And we met at a, at a party. My cousin had a party in the project. He was good friends with her boyfriend. So Jeremiah always tagging along with them. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere they, everywhere they go, that he just didn't, wasn't even a party guy. But Anthony and Reginald were his good buddies. So he went with them. And um, I went up to Felicia's house that night, and I met him there. And first of all, I don't know if you ever heard me say this, but he was fine. Just like he found out. <laughs> So, so there I you go, Pop. <laughs> yeah, the muscles. Yeah. So I, Do you remember what he had on? Uh, you what know, he ne- he wore khakis in a t-shirt. Yeah. He never wore wore blue jeans or in all really. Yeah, my old had on khakis. Khakis. And I, and my I, dad wore khakis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had on khakis. Yeah. I bet they a, was pressed and, too. And shirt tucked. Shirt tucked. Yeah. 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 So so I saw I love all it. the fineness. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, we met and we started talking and became became friends and we, mm. we tell everybody like we were fast friends we talked he jeremiah was in the grade with my sister my older sister gwen and so they knew each other because she ran track and he ran track we were and we had classes, classes together, together. Yeah. We had yeah. classes. and then so, i played football with your brother bobby my brother. He, mm-hmm. i looked up to him he was a couple years older than me and that's cool he was yeah. just tough yeah. Hard nose starting that year that he was a senior. They had a he was a leader. He had a mm-hmm. he had, that team had a great year. And so I knew her uh her brother and an older sister. And uh, really our relationship was big brother sister. Mm. I really wanted to see the what's neat about this is as a before I ever met her. God had just really given me a vision of the background of my wife. What? Yeah, go into that. And so my background being poor, mm. having to come up out of poverty, having mm. to uh, have a vision, a dream, knowing that academics, education was going to be an important part of that. Mm. For me to go on to, uh, you know, education after that was going to be through sports. So I... Like the Lord just downloaded the person that you're gonna marry will have a similar economic social background. And so when we met, she fit that. Wow. And uh so I fastly said, Okay, I'm going somewhere and uh I'm a little older, and I was concerned about if she had a vision and a dream for her life. Wow. And I didn't then. Mm. <laughs> no, I didn't. What? It, yeah. <laughs> what? Like, you know, I tell people, Jeremiah got saved when he was 13, and he was saved, saved. Yeah. So when I, I was grew <laughs> up in the church. Save, save. Saved, saved. Yeah. I, I, I was playing church. Mm. I was in church all my life. We grew, Like, bro, if you were black and you lived in the South, a part of your yeah. background, your family, you going to you church. Going to church. Yeah. And so I'm very thankful for that mm. because it gave me the foundation that I needed to know Christ. Yeah. I didn't walk with him personally, but I knew all the things about yeah. church and the Bible. And so I had that foundation, but I did not have a personal walk with Jesus. So I was 
I was wild. Mama was in them streets. <laughs> and there, and bro, I, like I just recognized. And so that was a ministry opportunity for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally, yeah. that's how I saw it. And so I ministered to her. I would, mm. I would just. So I was giving her scripture. Hey, this is what wow. you need to do. Like, Hey, yeah. this is what the Lord wants you to do with your life. And then when I went and on, I was the, like, "Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah." How were were you receptive to that first when you guys first? I mean, I mean, no, she was in one year. Yeah, okay, yeah, Jerry. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, so like he Jeremiah knew how I was, but he didn't judge me for it. Like, wow. you know, he was still like a big brother, big sister. Like, yeah. like, so we dated that one year, his senior year, my freshman year. Yeah. And then when he got ready to go off to the University of Alabama, we didn't date anymore, but we remained friends. Wow. You know this? We remained friends. Yes, I know wow. this, but let, but what was that, what was that conversation like? When he was going, because dad, you know, dad was, you know, highly recruited. He, you know, going to the University of Alabama, you getting that scholarship. And it was. But when you guys, you know, y'all had that dating relationship and then. Things happened. Okay. And and we were like, yeah, we're not going to date anymore. Um, I always. Can we get into that or is that for another time? I don't know. I think so. Like nobody paid any attention to Jeremiah till I started dating him. Mm. Then they'll go all the girls. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. So like, That's how okay. it is. Uh huh. I started dating him, and so rumor had it that there were. But mom, you were like, very beautiful. Well, sh- yes, but I was so young. But and but then all the other girls, they were the older grade girls. One girl was cheerleader, high school cheerleader. I ain't going to call a name. You might remember. But they were like, you know, he, he was liking her. And, mess, and I was like, I ain't got time. <laughs> and so, I, so we said, yeah. okay, we got ready to go to university. He would, We would just be friends. And yeah. he wrote me letters yeah. the whole time. Yeah. But that, that we, what she's just said is, is important. Yeah. Because of my character. Yeah. And that being out of character for me mm-hmm. brought me brought me back. Wow! To her, wow! W- once I got to the University of Alabama and achieved success, it was the Lord brought a spirit of repentance on me, and mm. how that mm. all came about. That was not my character. It was my first success. And so I didn't handle it well. Yeah. Talk about that. But God used it because I I didn't, you know, when you, when you, when you fail, when you sin, are you quick to repent? Will Mm. you repent? So I tell her, I said, you know, through that failure, failure, I kept note of that. Wow. And so as I succeeded in, and that's one reason I stayed in touch with her. I would write her. Mm-hmm. And then coming into my senior year at Alabama, I had been, uh, my junior year, I led the SEC in interceptions. And it looks like, okay, my senior year, I have a good year. I'm going to get drafted. So I just really started planning for a serious relationship and to be married. Wow. So I started back. Communicating with her, and that's what God used was the failure that happened mm. three years prior. Mm. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. And so, like, wow, I was still my regular self. <laughs> like, like, so he wrote me, yeah. and I, I had, I was. What, how frequent was that correspondence, though? Oh, Jeremiah Pro wrote me every week. Wow, like, a couple of times a month. Every, yeah. A how does that? I'm like sitting here and now. I still have them. What? I still have the letters. Yes, boy. I still got them letters. I was telling um, somebody the other okay, night. Okay, well, like, 40th still, anniversary coming up. We, yeah. We'll we do something with these letters. I, That's, I have those letters. I, You know, we packed away a lot of stuff, so they're in a box somewhere, but yeah. I never tossed them. Wow. I'm not a hoarder, but I kept those letters. Yeah, yeah. But, but so, I, of course, I'm still just the young 10th grader, 11th grade girl. Yeah. 
running around them projects, being me. Yeah. And, and I would go through the house with those letters. My sister Gwen, I was like, child, I got another letter from the preacher. <laughs> 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 I tell her, got another letter from the preacher. Got another you letter from the preacher. Reading your Bible. You going to Sunday school. Wow. You doing what your mama say. How your grades look? <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> but um so totally oblivious to everything he's doing in tuscaloosa wow like i like when <clears throat> when i was telling tim them this as they were growing up they were like mom were you just an idiot <laughs> like, <laughs> you know tim right like, right you know, i was like i just wasn't paying attention to that stuff and so I didn't realize. By the way, let me break that down. What what mom is saying is that, like, my dad was, I mean, y'all heard all those stats he just rattled off. Like, <laughs> she had no clue that my dad is a superstar cornerback co- at the University of Alabama. No, I, I, I watched no games. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they like, the preacher, you mean this four-time All-American SC about to get drafted, go to NFL? Girl, you better. <laughs> okay. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, sounds good. So, there, um, you know, so my freshman year, at, I went to Jacksonville State. Yeah. So, my freshman year. All right, go Gamecocks. Let, yes, his letters started being more serious. Wow. And, um, so I'm I'm just reading, you know, he's telling me about stuff going on in Tuscaloosa. And um, so that's when my my heart started changing. The Lord started doing some things in my heart. Wow. You know, those first, I say those first few weeks in, at Jacksonville, I was still hanging out with the wrong crowd, doing stuff. And mm-hmm. um, as the uh, fall passed... And we get into um, January, first of the year. Spring. Spring. Yeah, it's rolling around. Jeremiah was very involved with Campus Crusade. And Campus Crusade, at the time, always had what's called Beach Project during spring break, where they take students who are believers to the beach for a conference, and they learn how to share their testimony. They just, like, walk up to people on the beach because other students are there and share their testimony. So he invited me to Beach Project. And I went, and that's when I got saved. Wow. And at the time, the Lord was working on me. I met girls at Jacksonville State who were dating guys in Tuscaloosa who were on staff with AIA Athletes in Action. Oh. So I got involved with those girls, met those girls. They were doing Bible studies, and they were just a whole different crowd. And like I said, the Lord was, work, you know, tenderizing my heart, helping me to realize, you know, this isn't the way you need to be living. And so wow. when I went on Beach Project, I got saved. March 17, 1983. How can you, how can you, totally remember. you know, how can you encourage young women today in our culture who, like you just said, they've been in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, they know the things of God. They may not be, you know, walking it fully. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> maybe they're in a relationship that they're not supposed to be or whatever, but you know, how can you encourage young young women in in my generation today that are in that in that spot? You know? Well, I think what happened for me was so far removed in Jeremiah being the guy that he was. He was very instrumental mm. in me coming to the Lord. Mm. The Lord used him. I was inspired by the way he lived, Caleb. Wow. That's why I could stay in a relationship with him like like he was like he said that situation where uh that happened in high school it changed him so like I still saw him be the steady man the leader like doing what he needed to to do when he came back into my life when you know reading the letters and then he came to visit me this is funny he came to visit me at Jacksonville State and like I said I didn't really know about him and football but that would be people. That going, just blows my yeah. mind, by the way. <laughs> that you keep saying that. I just didn't know anything about what he was doing to football. Dude, people would be uh other students at Jacksonville be like, that Jeremiah Cast did. That's so awesome. And so so I think that it was unique in that 
the Lord used Jeremiah. I have a little book that um, my testimony is in um, called Second Stories, and I tell the, the testimony of how God just kept him in my life, and he was a, the light that I saw to mm. realize. And then when I went on Beach Project, I saw other young people living for God. Mm. I saw other young people and enjoying God mm. and walking with him and, and enjoying it and having a good time. Yeah. And so to, to I remember getting into the Word. I remember reading God's Word, and it just um, fulfilling my heart. Wow. And his word, you know, just falling in love with his word wow. and who Jesus was. Wow. And then realizing this could be mine and I'm going to make it mine. Wow. And I never look back. Caleb, I never regret one day looking back and choosing to walk with the Lord. Wow. And so, yeah, that brought me uh, a relationship with Jeremiah, a closer relationship with him. But mm. just, just the Lord opening my eyes. To realize you don't have to live like this. That's crazy. Mm. I got this abundant life for you mm. outside of doing the crazy stuff. But you can live clean. You can live holy. You can live righteous and have a good time. Yeah. It, it's, he changed my perspective. Wow. And he gave me new eyes to see what life was all about at 18. Wow. You know, and so Beach Project changed my life. And so what you basically what you're saying is you would encourage uh young women like you to, you know, to take a look at who they're around. Who they're around. Yeah, yeah who, who they're around. around. Yeah, because yeah, those girls inspired me as well, you know, just being around them and seeing their lives and seeing them enjoy. And, and like, it's carried over. Like, today, my salvation has not gotten old. Yeah. I still enjoy my salvation, and I love God. I love yeah. the walk that I have. I love the journey that we've been on together. It's been quite an adventure. But um, watching him stay steady has been a blessing. And yeah. so, yeah. I have this thing I say with young people, and you, this, you know, young ladies can take this. I say, show me your five closest friends. I'll show you your future. Man, we were just talking about that <clears throat> today, earlier. Me and, me and Brandon, we were having that conversation. Even with myself, I was, I was, I was uh, we were just having a vulnerable moment in the car. And I said, man, recently I've realized I've been like, you know, when you just like, you kind of check yourself, you're like, whoa, I'm far out on that. Mm. That that choice I made to do that, where did that come from? That's not like me. Like you were talking about that with your character and stuff. And it's like, man, I literally started thinking and I'm like, man. I'm around some people that that's like, that's a, that's just a decision. They don't even think about. Yeah. It's normal for them. Normal, yes. normal for them. Yeah. And so, man, it kind of snaps you back and you're like, and, and I was telling Brandon, I was like, man, the place that I am moving to in my life and where God is taking me. And I'm looking at, where I've been and looking at, you know, cause we all do those check marks of, man, I'm hitting this. I ain't hitting this. And I'm, you know, we take assessment and I'm like, man, the places that I am struggling, the people around me, the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's so I was like, man, I know, you know, where God wants me to go. I'm like, man, I got to get back to, it's not a circle. It's a dot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's you and God. And the younger you are at making those decisions on the company you keep, the better off your life, your decision-making is going to be. And that I, I like to tell people all your days are connected. Wow. Every day is connected. Even when it's a bad day, like we was just sharing that something was uncharacteristic. Well, man, I downloaded that. I held on to that. Mm. Now, how do I make this right? Mm. So Mm. that was something that in our relationship that I said, hey, okay, I want to make this right one day because that was uncharacteristic of me. So when we are in those situations, God will allow us to, really recognize what's going on 
for us to be able, when it's out of character, to say, okay, now I'm going to give you a chance to get back in character. That's such good grace. You know, God is, is, man, that is just. Thank God for his grace. Yeah, man, that's a, I'm, I'm sitting here like, I, I got to, I got to take an awkward four break on that one. That was, (laughs) that that would chap me. Um, that dad, you know, thinking about that story and speaking of that, like that, you know, God's grace, like, and I just think that's amazing because it brought you back to mom. Yes. Like it like you think about how many times, you know, in our lives we're like, dang, I messed that thing up. Lord, please just give me another chance. And we might even get back in the same situation. You walk back around that mountain, you do the same thing. Or like I'm just thinking about how cool God is and how cool life is. The fact that like. Number one, that didn't tear you guys apart for good, right? Um, but that like you, you can't, it came back to mom. It wasn't somebody else. You didn't meet someone else that you could have said, man, you know, when I was a senior, I was dating this young girl in high school. She was amazing, man. And, you know, I just was, you know, X, Y, and Z and I made a bad decision, but now, you know, I'm getting to move forward. No, it was mom. Like that is such testimony to God's grace. You know, well, the like grace, but what happened was in those four years, I was involved, I grew spiritually. Okay, wow. So when it was time when that time did come, mm-hmm. I was in a mature place spiritually. Yeah. I was ready to get married. Wow. Because of the four years of being in a discipleship group. So I grew powerfully in, in the word of God. And that's what I would she would say she was getting those letters. That's because I was growing. Wow. I was the same 17-year-old, 18-year-old that she knew. Now I'm 21. A man, man. And, has been, and I had met a gentleman that helped me grow spiritually in that vision. But she was the person that fit in my heart and in everything that God had just shown me as to who was to be my wife. Mm. And that is powerful. Um, and I love to tell young men that you need to have a vision for your wife. Because when you have those bumps in the road mm. in the marriage, it's the most powerful thing that you have. Is you know that because that vision was there before you married her. Come and on. So when you have those challenges, those trials, mm. man, that's what you just it's it's solid. Yeah, it's, you, it's what you go back to. It's what you go back to. Yeah. So I've gone back to that thousands of times mm-hmm. in my own heart and mind. Yeah. I mean, that's just like <clears throat> playing DB, right? You you out there and and it's whatever down in the late in the game and you're fatigued, what do you go back to? Fundamentals. Fundamentals. Well, it, it shows also the providence of God Yeah. when I think about it. Him being down at the university, I always think he could have married absolutely anybody he wanted to. Mm. He could have. And he would always say to me after we were married, he was like, I just could not get you off my heart. I could not get you off my mind. And he's like, I tried to date other girls, but it felt it didn't feel right. Come on. Because of the vision God had given me as a before I ever met her. Wow. And so it's humbling to me and it just shows me how God really had a plan for my life. And what I love about our story is that for me as a man, and you know, when I'm telling her, I can't, I, 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 I rode into Frederick Douglass, yeah. you know, the, the, so her family don't have anything. Right. Yeah. I'm in a position now I can associate with the upper echelon of the dating world right? with where I'm at. But the Lord said, this is who you're to marry. So that's where my heart was at. And a lot of people would say, man, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. I mean, sure. You're talking about 
time you you like time the time that went by right like you being in Tuscaloosa yeah. I've been in Tuscaloosa yeah. you know and you know even though it's a different day day and age and in time but there's nothing new under the sun right. it's the same the same things you could have fell into yeah. then are the same things that I was tempted and, and fell into in college as well yeah. so nothing changes but it goes back to what you were saying dad man those even like what you're talking about the vision right the the fundamentals like man just staying true to that and that's what kept you and that's what today i because i was obedient to the lord it gave grace to our marriage wow powerful grace yeah i'm where i'm supposed, supposed to, to be, be. You, you didn't when you yeah when you're where you're supposed to be in your marriage who you're supposed to be married to then there's grace. That mm. means it's going to flourish. Mm. It's going to prosper. Yeah. His hand is on it. Yeah. And so that is what's, for me, I thank God 10,000 times that, yes. Lord, I'm so glad I stayed faithful to what you showed me. Mm. Wow. And uh, now today, um, she's uh, mothered all of our children. And so many of her giftings, I didn't see those things at that time. Yeah. Just look, and, and I could sit and say, man, I married the most awesome girl, awesome woman, because of how we fit together, how we, we flow together. And so many of her giftings is what I needed to blossom and become the person that I am today. Wow. Wow. So we were 19 and 22. Yeah, that's what that's that's where I was going to get to next is, you know, you guys come into that point of marriage and, you know, dad, you're I mean, if you want to look at it from a worldly view, like you're on top of the world mm -hmm. going, you know, the career you had at Alabama um, and then stepping into this opportunity to to be drafted to the NFL from where you came from. I mean, all of that, you know, you you having a, a, a an alcoholic mother at home that, you know, we haven't tapped on grandma yet. But um, having all of those things on your shoulders, I'm just thinking about as a young man. Right. And the grace to carry all of that. But to also make the decision that before I take this step into the NFL uh, with fame and money and notoriety and all the things that come with that. I'm going to marry my honey. Like what, what went into you making that decision? Like, you know, I'm going to marry her before I, before I even step foot in this league. Well, the, the plan was to let her graduate. Oh, okay. Oh, so you were going to get, go, gonna get go drafted and then, and then we were just going to continue our relationship. So you would have been three years into the league. To the league. And, oh God wow. and wow. so the summer that I, uh, we, I was getting ready to go to camp about two weeks out, we were just on a little dinner date. And um, the best way for me to say it is that the Lord just opened my mouth. I didn't plan to ask her to marry me. That we were sitting and eating ice cream, yogurt, whatever it was that day. And I said, hey, you want to get married? Wow. And that was the proposal? Yeah. It was a Tuesday. Yeah. It was a Tuesday in an ice cream parlor. Eating TCBY yogurt. Yeah. Wow. Hey, you want to get married? <laughs> she said, you got to go ask my mom. Right. So we jump in the car, drive over to the Frederick Douglass apartments. I asked Miss Louise, and it was a Tuesday. We were married that Saturday. What? Yeah. <laughs> Short Shortest engagement in history. Yeah, you know, five days. Five, five days. day engagement. Well, my uncle was a preacher, and he had just bought that little house for a grandma, for grandma. there. Yep. Up in, um, uh, what's it called, that neighborhood? Off of Manor? What is it? Or the King's Manor. King's Manor. Had just bought a little house, and so he was like, hey, you want to get married? So we go talk to my mom, and um, my grandmother was so mad because – she was out of town at the time, and Jeremiah was like, well, we got to do it this Saturday because I got to go to camp in two weeks. Wow. And so my uncle came, 
and uh, we his sister fried some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> my type and of wedding. Salad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we had that little ceremony. It was my mom and my dad, my sister Gwen, my sister Jackie. Did Anthony call him your best yes. buddy? My his best, best man, buddy, his yeah. Best buddy. And that was it. Anthony and Wallace? Wallace? Yeah. Wow. And we got married in that little house, and we tell everybody, that we didn't take a honeymoon then, but we've definitely been on one ever since. Because wow. it was, besides our salvation, it was just one of the best decisions mm-hmm. we've made. And we know that the Father was directing us, Caleb, because um, we've had struggles, but not like being even as young as we are, were, we never had knock down, drag out, yeah, you right. gone your way. I'm just, yeah. I do. I've never. Yeah, I can attest to that. I can attest to that. never wanted to leave Jeremiah. Wow. Like, we have given each other grace to grow, and it's, it's grace. It's God's yeah. grace. Yeah. Mom, you said even something, like, really, really cool that I admire so much, and it's something that I've, I hope that, you know, as I walk towards that step in my life, eventually to be married, like I would want my wife to say what you've said about dad. And it's that you have never, ever, ever questioned his integrity in y'all's marriage, his faithfulness and his integrity. Never. Never once. And I'm like, Never given me a reason to. Yeah, and that's it. That's that's the key. And I and I'm and just listening back to how you guys have explained this, like it's what you talked about, Dad. It's that that four years when you were at Alabama, like that's your cave of a doom, right? Mm. As a mighty man, mm. being that 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 four years of your life being disciplined. Pursuing your purpose, being where you supposed to be, that is a key right there, man. Being where you supposed to be, right? And and then having a vision, right? Sticking to that. So all of that together, it's like what we were talking about, right? Like you you get to a place where, like you like, man, obedience protects you. So with that thought, it protected your marriage to where when you was in the TCBY, I'm thinking in my head, God telling you, hey, uh, you know, hey, ask you need to ask her to marry you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not crazy to think that somewhere along the way, you that you would have met that you would have met that thought with some sort of apprehension because somewhere along the way like you know there maybe you stepped out of place in your integrity or something but you didn't you were solid and a lot of people they take that stuff into they they carrying that stuff into their marriage so they're they're I've seen it with my friends who I'm close to it's like hey man you really could just wait be transparent with this person walk through that heal through that so that you set yourself up better for marriage. But like listening to this, I've gained a new respect and 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 admiration for you, dad, and y'all's marriage. But like, man, you went into that thing ready to win. Ready to win. Ready to win. Like you treated that just like on the field. It's like I'm prepared. I've been studied. I've been tested. Yeah. yeah. And I'm ready to make this woman my wife and pursue her and this vision for our family. And we going to do this doggone thing well. And that is just that that to me is honestly such an incredible part of this conversation is because, yes, there is room for grace. Like we talked about that situation in, in, in high school and God brought you back to that. But the focus and the seriousness, the true repentant heart to say that, man, I'm going to be focused on what I need to do at this school. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to be focused on this woman that I believe the Lord has set apart for me to marry and stay focused on that thing. And so we're, you were able, mom's heart has trusted you for 40 years. 
and well, he Caleb, has held it well. What what yeah. I yeah. there's only for me, <laughs> there's only been two women God assigned me to love. Mm. The first one was named Mary, and the second one was Laura Jean Flakes. Mm. So there's only be, I've only had an assignment from my on my heart from two women. Wow. God trained me with the first one. Yeah. And the vision I had to see my mother sober. Mm. And so I loved my mother. Mm. So when he brought me my wife, I knew how to love her. Mm. Commitment. I was committed to my mother when she wasn't living uh, an honorable life. Mm. And God gave me the, 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 the grace for that. In my relationship. And so what I believe is that he works that way in men's lives. When they have a mother, that mother is the first woman that he is supposed to learn to love. Yeah. And from that, God now can teach him how to love his wife. And that is what to me, when I, as we're talking about all this grace and how I could be focused and you know, there was no apprehension because I had been walking in it with my mom yeah, all those years. And then as I matured and the uh, spiritually and as the all of the things that it takes financially coming about to 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 ask her for her hand in marriage. Mm-hmm. Now it's with those things came into place. I had already been in that place uh, spiritually. And mentally. Yeah. Man. And another thing, too, that Jeremiah did that spoke well of his integrity. Um, If there was anybody he ever had any type of relationship with at the time that he was down in Tuscaloosa, he was like, I let anybody know that if any, that I've ever said anything to, so that there would be no reason for them to think they were being led on or anything mm. like that. He said, like, I let all the relationships know. I hey, clean my clean. stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. what I call. Yeah. I cut ties. You cut the roster. That's yeah. what we yeah. call it. Yeah. In our, yeah. okay. you know, hey, in our <laughs> cut generation, the cut, the cut the roster. I cut, cut the roster. My mind was made up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. I cut the roster and powerfully going forward. Man, I'm going to go forward in with this, and we're going to have a beautiful marriage and a beautiful life. And and what a beautiful marriage and a beautiful life that you guys have created and about to celebrate 40 years in July. We've been married my whole life. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom got married when she was born. You know, that is, I mean... I've I've just gained such like I said just a, such an amazing perspective today just from you guys and it's it's obviously living with you guys and the transparent relationships that we we all have it, it is I was telling Brandon this earlier today I was like man like my dad is so good at like he's never both of you guys have never forgot where you came from and that's so important. You know, that is that's such an important component to the overall, I would say, outcome of our lives, right? How you walk through every day. And you guys are both two of the most humble, the most patient, um, the most loving, caring um humorous all of these amazing qualities and you know but you know ab- above all of that you guys like i said have just been able to um stay committed to each other stay committed to our family committed to y'all's relationship with jesus um which has held all of this together and 
I mean, there's no other family I would rather be a part of. <laughs> there, there, there really isn't. I, I, I am so grateful, you know, and thankful for you guys and thankful to be a Castile and thankful to have this conversation to remember mm. that I am strong, you know, mm. whose I am, you know, remembering whose I am. Absolutely. And uh, I, I just, it's thinking about whose we are. I mean, I would just love to just dedicate this episode to uh, to Grandma Mary. Um, my Grandma Mary was just, man. Noah was the lover. Yeah, that's right. A dynamic woman. But, Dad, as we wrap up, I, I, like, you know, and we're talking about Grandma and you talked about the things that dad, that grandpa taught you. What would you say about grandma? What what would be a few things? Well, I tell people I'm in ministry today because the heart my mother had is the heart God gave me. My mother loved people. Yeah. Once my once God healed my mother of alcoholism, then you were able to see all of the beauty, all of the giftings that was in her. And she lived them out, I call it, radically in 34 years. She did. She was a totally different person. And so when that happened, you got to see all. And, yeah. But one thing, my, even in the, the alcoholic state she was in when I was growing up, my mother taught me something that um, I live by today in ministry. And that is she would make us go do, do errands for people. And she would tell them, don't give him any money. So I was a little hustler. Yeah. <laughs> and so I go do things for people. And my mom would say, don't give that boy a penny. Don't mm. give. And I used to get so mad mm. at her. And in ministry, that's really the heart you need to have. Yeah. I'm going to do something for a person from the goodness of my heart, because this is what God would want me to do. So, she was training me for that, and that was the way she was. Yeah. And um, I thank God for that, for her uh, going on to be with the Lord, but I thank God for her teaching me that all the time. Yeah. Um, I, it has not left me. That, that le- just that lesson she taught me, I, uh, I keep close to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that I would agree. I would not only agree, but um, I would also say that that has <clears throat> been a critical, um, I would say, component in our house. You know, growing up, I mean, we, my, you know, it was like my my dad would bring home uh, young black men that needed to be mentored, like lost puppies. Like, can we keep it? You know, <laughs> you know, like, you know, bringing these, yeah. Who's it? You know, from the time I can remember and you know, that heart to be able to do that, to, to, to give with no expectation of receiving anything, yeah. that type of love, that is the love that I've been so fortunate to grow up in, you know, uh, and see in our house. And so many of my friends in Los Angeles, it's like, I'm not Jeff Bezos by any means, but I think the way, the way that I've, that we've, you know, that you have taught us growing up, it's like, I don't know how not to give. I don't know how not to, to want to see smiles on people's faces, to bless people. You know, it's like, what else is more important? to do with your resources and you know even going you know i think about the times when you know you would bless people with vehicles with cars before us his own kids (laughs) you know giving cars other families and we like hey yo bro you know but you know it just is such a test of testament to like what you said the heart that grandma had and man i'm telling you for that 34 years after she, you know, when she, she got sober, she was on a sprint. Yes, yes that's right. She was on a sprint, sprint to glory. Yeah, she Talk was. About FOMO. 
Yeah. She wasn't missing out on nothing. My grandma, I tell you what, man, I I, I ain't never seen an old lady legs move like they do to them football (laughs) games to and from Bryant Denny Stadium, Briarwood Stadium, away stadiums. She didn't miss out, man. And, and, And it's amazing, like you said, that looking back on our family and, you know, I would say that thinking about grandma for sure just the lady that she was man just strong yes strong, strong. just strong okay. yeah I, I love that's what i loved about you and grandma's relationship very she was my buddy yeah like, i love my mom and i'm close to her yeah. but miss castile like and jeremiah say the same thing as far as my mother and the relationship he has with her but i was your special for me to be able to give her eulogy, yeah, and to mm. be able to serve her, which was so beautiful, oh, man. To serve her the last days of her life when she was at our house yeah. was just God's gift to, for us to be able to love on her, and man, she was yeah. a special lady. She was, she was super special. Well, if there's anything else y'all would like to add before we, before we. Get out of here. I feel like it's a great session. Yeah. Covered a lot. I just, I, I love you both. I honor you both. I I wanted, you know, the first season of this podcast, um, like I said at the beginning, uh, for people that don't know me, don't know our family, who we are, uh, to get a great understanding of just our family. And you guys have led by just such an amazing example uh, for people of all ages, all races, married, single, whatever it is, I believe that um, they're going to be able to get some amazing truth out of out of this episode. So thank you, Mom and Dad. You're welcome. You're welcome. Enjoy Thanks being for having here. us. <laughs> yes.